Welcome to Demogranomics, your insight to the powerful surprises ahead for the US economy. Demogranomics, where people make markets. And now, here is Mike Williams. Well, as you may have guessed, it's uh, been a long read through a number of articles, reports, and points over the weekend uh, concerning Brexit. While not completely unanimous, the general direction was all pretty negative. Clearly, we'll have a good deal of new data to cover on our upcoming second quarter review call. Make sure you pay attention for those PIN numbers that will come out to your members area. One of the tougher things about this business is often being out of step with the mainstream. Indeed, markets need disruption. Let me say that again. Markets need disruption. Were there to be no disruptions, no risks in perspective, then there would be no reward. Ultimately, when investors look at historical returns, it can be easily overlooked that there were, not, there were numerous interruptions on the way up the mountain. Those results could not exist without the setbacks. Why be an optimist? Well, it tends to be more productive over time. Anyone who has ever created anything was and is an optimist, whether you like it or not. Whether it be a business, a service, a piece of art, a song, or any success at all in any channel of life, it all required repeated periods of optimism. Find me a member of Forbes 400, for example, who's a perma-bear. Find anyone who leads, has founded, or controls any endeavor which is successful, or who has built wealth of any sort, who has always been pessimistic. You will spend a long, a long time looking because there are none of those people. Being an optimist doesn't mean I don't think bad things will happen. In fact, I'm certain they will, as we repeatedly state in these podcasts. Oddly enough, they must. Problems must exist. Problems must unfold. Corrections must appear. It is how we fix things and move higher up the mountain in life. Think about it. If we all walked in tomorrow into our offices or wherever we spend our days and the internet sent us all a collective email saying, hey, guess what? All is good. All problems are solved. There is no conflict. There's no need for anything, no issue to build around, no problem to eradicate, no disease to fix, no technology to create, no gaps to fill. Well, we'd be in a real pickle, wouldn't we? If it was really all good, then we'd be done. Or we'd have to go break something. Think about that, long and hard. While too many will fret terribly over every heartbeat of Brexit, let's review a couple of things. Uh, the leading indicators, what we call LEIs, fell for the first time in four months in May after posting their biggest increase in a year in April. Indeed, they fell two-tenths of one percent. But remember, that was after a six-tenths of one percent jump in April, which was then a new cyclical high. The culprit, oddly enough, a sharp increase in jobless claims, which subtracted 23 basis points from the LEI. 
Without that, we would have been in positive territory. But keep in mind that most, if not all, of that jobless claims spike has already been erased in June. So I suspect we will see it flow the other way in June's data. The biggest positive contribution came from the interest rate spread. Other contributions to the LEIs were ISM Orders Index, Real Core Non-Defense Capital Goods, Order and Building Permits, and the Leading Credit Index. May's coincident indicators, those are called CEIs, were flat at its record high following a 2% gain in April and no change in March. In fact, the CEI has not posted a decline since January of 2013. Now, I suspect it will eventually, but I don't think we need to worry about that coming off of record highs. Three of the four components contributed positively to the index last month. Importantly, the other components of the CEI continued to climb to new record highs. Look, Brexit is an issue. It's not Armageddon. Yes, it is truly ugly watching, as are all setbacks. But the reward for uncertainty is better deals. Honestly, think about it. Do we really believe a lot of business will literally disappear because of Brexit? Delayed, maybe. Gone, of course not. As was the case in the 2008-2009 economic collapse, money did not disappear. It did not go to money heaven and vanish. It just moved. Likewise, Brexit will cause business to move, not vanish. Will people stop doing something because two or three years from now there will be an agreement for the EU and Britain to work together on new terms? Do we really understand how much did not change, or are we just needing something to fret over? That's something to think about long and hard. I've always said the market's worst enemy is its participants. There are still more engineers graduating from college each year than there are guys trying to buy guns and canned food while building their bunkers. Those engineers will create something grand. We've scared ourselves to the point where if it moves, it must be a monster. Listen, American households have $86 trillion in net worth. That's even after the latest sell-off. With little more likely next week, let's just think about this. Do we really feel that we'll never do anything productive with those assets? Listen, after hundreds of years of history, I'll take the other side of that trade. Think about this for a second. We are at record highs of per capita GDP going all the way back to 1960. Record highs. We've never been more productive. I've said this many times. Being pessimistic sounds much smarter than being optimistic. An expert espousing that Brexit will drive a massive influx of doubt and uncertainty and that both business and markets hate uncertainty sounds very smart. Surely a lot more intelligent than, yeah, that's true, but it's always been that way. Uncertainty always exists. And then the storms pass. The reason there are so many pessimists comes down to two points I once read. 
One, pessimists are persuasive. They exploit fear and doubt. Josh Brown once noted, pessimism is intellectually seductive and the arguments always sound smarter, especially, and this is the key point, when they dovetail with your own worries. There's a mountain of evidence proving that people hate losing money far more than they like making it. That makes you more susceptible mentally and emotionally to following the pessimist warnings than the optimist outlook. Two, many people either lack a living wage or, more common in the developed world, live beyond their means and take too much risk, which means the possibility of sticking it out through the long term is tough. There's a vast difference between a rah-rah optimist and a more rational optimist. The latter can usually endure the inevitable bad hand, as there will be lots of them. We try to be pragmatic in our optimism. Are you investing in stocks for the next 5, 10, 20, or 30 years? Well, if so, then you're going to experience multiple recessions, many dozens of pullbacks, and more than a few crashes. I can only speak personally back to the summer of 1982. Then the Dow was under a 1,000, and a whole list of terrible events were heading right at us decades of them. If you can't afford to live through them, you need a different set of asset allocations. That said, history suggests strongly that those who can stick out through the ups and downs will very likely enjoy good returns in due time. In closing, under the nuttier things have happened theme, Oddly enough, there is a slim outside chance that all the fretting about Brexit may never actually happen. (laughs) On Friday, while stock markets were panicking around the world, the website of the House of Commons crashed. It did so because millions of people were trying to sign a petition for a do-over of the Brexit referendum. In fact, Do you know what Google says is the most sought-after search the day after Brexit's vote in the region of Brexit? Here was the most sought-after search. What does it mean to leave the EU? (laughs) You know what the second sought-after search was? And we're talking about the place where people voted for this. What does Brexit mean? Think about that. Here's the deal. The more things change, the more they stay the same. While much suspense will unfold, the UK will continue to do business with the EU and vice versa. In the meantime, if one is not careful, the drama, as always, can be mistaken for fact. No matter the world events, natural disasters, and geopolitical surprises, we must accept there is no way to call them. Surely, I wish there was, but alas, that would be a bit like a fairy tale. Indeed, all I have ever known as a starting point for understanding values and economic tilt and where business may flow is we have to watch people. How many customers are there? Where are they now? And where are they going? The story is in the generations. And for the U.S., it remains a very strong one, no matter what happens with Brexit. 
If we can keep our wits about us here, we are set to find, likely as the summer comes to a close, that once again panic created opportunity. The negatives will have been overdone to the downside, and most important of all, there will be new monsters to fret over. So listen, I hope these thoughts have been helpful. Let's stay focused and patient. And until we see you again, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.